Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. What a difference a week makes. It's uh, 1235 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Roos Chris Steakhouse. Tell Rebecca and the staff at Roos Chris, Oilers Now sent you. Every Friday on Oilers Now, Elliot Friedman, courtesy the River Cree Resort and Casino, who again, coming up uh, tomorrow night at the River Cree, have strange love, the Depeche Mode experience. Tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. He was the uh, biggest uh, Depeche Mode fan when he was attending Western Ontario. He was his own personal Jesus. <laughs> Hello, Elliot. How are you? You know, I know you're making fun of me, but and it's fine. Like I, I laugh out of that. But um, I never mind Western. In high school, I loved Depeche. So did like, I. I. Like, like I got to tell you, like this is this is a good show. I, I love, I love cover bands. I can't get enough of them. Yeah. I think they're great. But when I was in high school, I loved Depeche. I still got a ton of their music. I loved it. I, I was a big Depeche Mode guy too. I admit to it. You know, hey, you gotta be a Renaissance man when it comes to music, right? Like you gotta like all different genres. I agree. I'm with you on this, Bob. We are in Alberta. Uh, you know, I've even yep. over time grown a little bit more comfortable with country and music. You know, country and western <laughs> music, right? It, it took me a while, but uh, there's there's some great country acts out there as well. So, gotta be open-minded, man. It's a new world. You know how that works, Elliot. That is totally true. Absolutely. It's like it's like the Blues Brothers. We play both kinds of music here, country and western. There you go. You have it. One of the great films of all time. I hate Illinois Nazis. (laughs) (laughs) We could do this all. Yes, and that's not. People would be infuriated. Uh, Yes, and that is not why uh, River Creek sponsors this segment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for your bloated over overpriced fee. <laughs> yeah. Overpriced being the key phrase. Yes. All right. Uh look, let's uh let's get right to it here. When I uh joined you last week uh from New York City, yeah. Uh the heat was on. And uh, the Oilers played the Rangers in an afternoon game. Now, the Rangers are a rebuilding team with young players. You'll have to do a piece on this because I have a theory on it. Uh, The Oilers have the second youngest team in the league right now, and I don't think young players play well in matinee games. And trust me, we saw that Saturday in New York City. That was a terrible hockey game. Uh, mm-hmm. But back-to-back order overtime victories, and suddenly Edmonton 3-2 and two out of the gate. Um, they're in a stretch uh, where they're playing six straight games against teams 100-plus points last year, and they've won the first two of those games. And they've got this. Uh, they've got this trump card. You, you may have. You know what? That's. I don't like using that word trump and the that guy we're going to talk about. But uh, mm-hmm. they've got this. Uh, this wild it's it's not a wild card cuz he is going to bring it on every game but it's the great equalizer he plays 24 minutes a game mm-hmm. and i guess it's proving right now cuz the orders Elliott are not firing on all cylinders yet but they've mm-hmm. got a guy that's willing to help you know and cam talbot's been good too we got to establish that but uh, connor mcdavid's you know sitting there with 11 points through the first 5 games you know i, I think it's it's pretty simple 
you can say you're not firing on all cylinders, but you have the biggest cylinder of them all. It's, uh, you know, I, I think I referred to it as a nuclear deterrent uh, th- this week. I remember years ago when Doug Collins was coaching the Chicago Bulls, and this is the early mid '80s, and they, he, they, someone asked him, you know, what's it like to have Michael Jordan on your team? And he goes, it's like having a nuclear weapon, and, and that's what you've got right now. And you know, McDavid, you know, like. It's everything you could ask. It's not just how good he is and how talented he is, but at a time when, you know, your team is struggling and you need to win games even though it's early, you know, he puts the team on his back and he sets that record for most goals, a part of it at the start of the season and then after the game in Winnipeg. You know, everybody thought they were dead that night. It was everybody thought that game was over, and he basically put the team on his back and brought them back. And in the post game, he goes, "I don't care about the record." I mean, th- there's there's nothing that you can really look at with this game right now and said and, and and be upset about. And when you have a franchise player, you don't only want your franchise player to be good on the ice. You want him to make his teammates better. You want him to set a positive tone around your team. Like everything that guy is touching right now is absolutely golden. And the feeling around your team has gone from where you said it was, like think about it, it was seven days ago. You were 0-2. You're practicing in New York. The owner's there. Everybody's tense. And now here we are. You haven't lost since then. You've got a, a great victory in Winnipeg. You've got an impressive victory last night in your home opener. Everybody's in a good mood. The sun comes up on Friday. You're happy to be watching Connor McDavid. The, the whole mentality and the whole opinion around your team has changed. And, you know, that's what you hope a franchise player can do. And a weekend of the season, he's done it. Hey, here's what we're going to do, Elliot. I'm going to deselect you and put you on hold for a second, okay? Because mm-hmm. you brought up Daryl Cates, uh, and he appeared on our pregame show last night as we opened up uh, Studio 99, and uh, he kind of spoke uh, about in and around a theme that you mentioned. So just uh, hang on one second. We'll get that to it right now. Then I spoke to Peter, and, you know, I asked him, you know, explain to me how this team... You know, 18 months ago, went so far in the playoffs, effectively the same team, except a lot of the players are more mature, they're older, they're more developed. And, you know, I just didn't think we were showing up. Uh, um, Last year, the first couple games this year, first two periods of the Winnipeg game, but, you know, I mean, we, we, we had it in us, I felt, and that's what was most frustrating for me and I know for all our fans. And, uh, you know, to see uh, the third period, you know, it was really exciting. All right, so that is uh, Edmonton Oilers owner Daryl Cates again from uh, last uh, last night before the game and talking about that rally uh, and the ability that it was funny Elliot the team just uh, they just went out and played the third period I know you mm-hmm. watched the game against Winnipeg Connor McDavid had three two on ones in the first two periods of that game that did not result in a shot okay but what that shows you is the immense confidence the player actually has because he turned it up another notch in the third. Like there are guys that would, you know what, would would muff those plays up, and they 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 take themselves right out of like they'd be kicking like you know, geez, I had a two on one, I got to make the play there, and they take themselves out of the game. And he just kept on coming and coming and coming, and that's part of what has become his identity is his relentlessness as a player. Well, that you know, I think it shows. You know, you're right, and. 
the, the most important thing that you have to have, I think, to be elite in anything you do, and we're not just talking about hockey players, we're also talking to everybody listening to this show right now about what it takes to be great at something, is the belief that you can do it. And if something goes wrong, you can still make it work later. And he obviously has that. Like, you watch him on the ice right now, he believes he can do anything. And I think the other thing that you're, you mentioned at the beginning, Bob, is the ice time. So you said you played 24 minutes last night. Um, this decade, there's only been one forward who's averaged 24 minutes a game. And that was Ilya Kovalchuk, and he did it twice, 2010-11 and 2011-12. But what also really stands out to me is that he last night he played 21 minutes at uh, even strength. Yeah, And, you know... He's playing almost 20 minutes a game at even strength right now. There's only one forward who's ever played 19 minutes at even strength over a whole season, and that's Pavel Bure, who did it for Florida in 2000-2001. The ask that they are putting on McDavid is enormous, but it's very clear that he likes the challenge, he wants the challenge, and he feels he can do the challenge. And that's a great sign for you guys. Well, you know what, though, Elliot, in fairness... That number could come down, but they haven't had any blowouts either way, right? Like they were chasing the game against New Jersey down 4-2, so he was getting double shifted. They were chasing the game against Boston, trying to get back into it. If they get a game where, and at some point, they're going to get, they're going to lose a game 6-1 or 6-2, and conversely, at some point, they're going to beat a team 6-1 or 6-2, and my guess is that will be the time where Todd McClellan decelerates his 5-on-5 minutes. Is yes, in, I think I think you're right, but you know the the more it keeps going, yeah. the, the the more it keeps going, the more the out the less the outliers are going to affect the over the overall number. That's, yeah. I mean, like Bob, like uh, like we could see like a record-setting season. Well, the guys, you know, the, it's, yeah. it's already been a record-setting season. We could see more. The guy is the best even strength player in the league. Yeah, no, I'm not going to argue you on that. I mean, look at the point totals last year; wasn't even close. You know, like, I mean, he was the first player in what, since uh, Jagger to average better than a point per game at even strength during the entire yep. year. Uh, he's the best even strength player uh, in the world. And, oh, by the way, he's got three power play goals this year. That's been a very subtle part of it, too. You know, it's funny, Elliot, because there was a lot of consternation in oil country through preseason because their five left shot power play wasn't yep. exactly knocking it out of the park. And it's when you watch it. There haven't been a lot of backdoor tap-ins. Like, you know, uh, McDavid set up Lucic for a power play goal, which was off the rush, and then the goal he scored against Winnipeg on the power play was off the charts because you know, oh, Jacob Truba, yeah. that pairing of Morrissey and Truba is one of the best pairings in the National Hockey League, and he walked Jacob Truba on that goal. He made him look bad. Right, So, but they've got, bad. you know, he's had a little bit of juice going on the power play. He had two power play goals against the Jets, and, uh, and I think we're conceding that he is the best 5-on-5 uh, five five player in the world. So yeah, here, not arguing that. So Todd McClellan uh, just spoke. We ran the clip, basically saying, "Look, we're far from firing on all cylinders, uh, but they've got the biggest cylinder, as you mentioned." And you're sitting there watching this team play, and they've got a lot of room for growth. And people are saying, "How can you improve the team?" And one of the problems right now, Elliot, it's not a problem, but it's early in the season, and there's not a lot out there available for trade. Even if Peter Shirelli wanted to try to upgrade the roster, uh, teams are kind of in a holding pattern right now, aren't they? I think it's starting to change, Bob. Like, you know, St. Louis is here this weekend. They're playing Toronto on Hockey Night tomorrow night. I, 
you know, uh, I don't think they like the way they started, but they made a lot of changes. We'll see. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of noise around Columbus, but, you know, that's not really of their own making. That's kind of just the situation they're in. You know, we'll see. I think things, I think that at least the chatter is picking up. I really do believe, though, Bob, that you're, you're Edmonton's biggest, I don't know, fix, if you want to use that word, is internal. you got to get dry settle going. I mean, we're here at this point, and, you know, the Oilers haven't scored a goal when he's been on the ice without McDavid. And that has to change. And uh, I know there's always a big debate about whether or not he should play with McDavid or he should play separately for McDavid. I mean, I, I, I'm a big believer in flexibility. There's no reason he can't do both. But, you know, he's got to be at least, when he's not out there with McDavid, he's got to be more of a force. Well, the good news for Leon is he was not a minus last night. because mm-hmm. I, And I know we don't like to look at micro stats, but for 11 consecutive regular season games, dating back to the final seven games last year and the first four this year, he was a minus in every game. That's not good. And that's not good enough. And, there, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm as a big a believer as there is in Leon Dreisaitl as anybody. He's got a lot more game to give. The one thing I'll say, people, you know, he, he has gotten a fair amount of minutes. With McDavid. Obviously, he plays on the power play with him, but Todd McClellan sneaks him out, coming out of commercial breaks. Um, they started him in third period last night when Raddy was knocked out of the game, and we're still waiting. Uh, I, I thought for some reason it might have been a bit of a pull based on how he sort of uh, vacated the ice, but, you know, Todd's tried to sneak those two guys together, and then obviously they are they are lethal and money to watch in overtime. Yes, well, are they are the orders the are the orders the most exciting team to watch in overtime because they have McDavid? Oh, no question about. It. I mean, no question about it. Like them and them in Toronto probably would be the two teams. Yeah. Um, you know, Patrick Kane. If you ever watched him in overtime, he's pretty freaking good too. But those are those are probably the two. I mean, McDavid's the most exciting player to watch. I, I mean, I, I don't know how anybody could argue that. And I think I, I think I remember if I correctly, I wrote it last year. I don't have the quote in front of me, but. I believe uh, one general manager told me that uh, the Oilers would win the next 10 Stanley Cups if the game was played three-on-three. Three. Like, you, you just don't want to go to overtime against them because you know they're going to dance around you. And they proved it last night. You walked a really good player in Marchand. I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. All right, you said that it's starting to pick up. Uh, what's out there? You know, I think... You know, I, I think Columbus is a team to watch. And again, I'm not convinced it's what exactly is going to happen there. I know they're really frustrated at the amount of rumors around their team, and they feel that a lot of them aren't necessarily true. Um, there's, there's a real frustration coming out of there with what's being said about their hockey team. Uh, but, you know, like... Sorry, what's being said? Are we talking to the two Russians? Yeah, the, the two of the rumors about Bobrovsky and... Uh, and, uh, and, and Panera, uh, yeah. But I, I do think that, you know, like, I, I just sense that teams are really trying to figure out what Columbus is trying to do with those two guys. What about I Josh think that's Anderson? Probably what it is. You know, it's an interesting one. Nick talked about that. Um, that was a that was a bitter contract dispute. Yes. Um, but I think Columbus likes him as a player. They should. Uh, I think they do. You know, he's he's a good player. And um, the one thing I kind of wonder about is sometimes early in the year teams sort of feel and say, "What if we try this?" or "What if we?" It's going to work if we put this guy up here. And I think maybe last Saturday night in Tampa, he might have been a victim to that. 
Um, they, he went down in the lineup because they were trying some things. I mean, we'll see long term, but they got blown out in that game. They lost 8-2, so whatever they tried didn't necessarily work too well. But I, I do think they like Anderson. I just think that you know, everybody knows that was a difficult contract negotiation. You wonder what that's going to be for the future. It's funny you mentioned St. Louis, and I just I, I think back to Maroon, and I just wonder whether or not, I mean, one year, $1.7 million. He had to have been in a better position than that in the fall. Well, we ran a piece on uh, Wednesday night, and, uh, you know, he talked about that on camera. I thought it was really fascinating because we had St. Louis Montreal, and that was not a good night for the Blues, but there was a piece he did on the air with his where He talked about the offers he got, and, um, you know, there there was definitely more on the table from at least New Jersey and Arizona, but I think Bobby really wanted to go home. Yeah. And... uh, they had, and, and that was the situation the Blues did to make it work. It'll be interesting here. I watched the Blues practice this morning. You know, and, uh, you know, think faster, move quicker. Like, can't necessarily make guys move faster, but maybe process things quicker. And they did look slow the other night against Montreal, and they've got a big test here tomorrow. They might put, um, they might put three of their kids together to try to get a faster line. We'll see if that works. We're going to leave you with this, Elliot. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll hook up next Friday, but just stay in the line for a second. You'll, you'll chuckle here with me. Go for it. Reach out, touch space. Have a great weekend, Elliot. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Take care, Bob. See you later. You bet. Bye. Bye-bye. That is Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers for our friends at River Cree Resort and Casino. Again, strange love. The... Depeche Mode experience tomorrow night. We'll take a quick time out. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Twelve fifty-five at Edmonton. Oilers fans, you have an opportunity to join us in Nashville and Las Vegas to see the Oilers play two uh, great games in exciting arenas. These orders now packages include airfare, accommodation, great game tickets, including a private suite in Vegas, all your transportation, a welcome reception with yours truly, and special guests. You never know who we're going to have. We've had some great guests over the years. Parking at uh, Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. Limited space to get on these trips on the road to see the orders in uh, Nashville and Vegas for the orders now. Roadies call the travel experts at New West Travel 780-432-7446 or online at newwesttravel.com. Let's go to NHL Today. It is brought to you by Elite Promotional Marketing, and here is Brendan Escott. Three games on the NHL schedule tonight. Florida visits Washington, the Wild, and Stars. Battle in Dallas and Calgary is hosting Nashville. We mentioned it before. Tomorrow's Oilers action on 6.30. Chad starts with the face-off show at 6.30. Puck drop goes at 8. Canadians forward Thomas Plakanich has been placed on the IR with a back injury that could sideline him for several weeks. Nick Delorier activated in the subsequent move there. And Jakob Silverberg has a broken finger for the Ducks. He is uh, not expected to be out long-term, however. Winnipeg Jets have assigned forward Christian Veselainen to the minors. He was their first-round pick in 2017, recording just one assist in the team's first five games, however. The NHLPA has filed a grievance on behalf of newly signed Ducks forward uh, Jake Dodgen. He had his contract with Tampa Bay terminated in September for showing up to training camp 
30 to 35 pounds overweight. His new contract pays him about 189,000 less than his deal with Tampa, so that's basically what they're trying to fight for, but also to set a precedent for the rest of the league. Bakersfield Condors bring a 2 and 2 record into San Diego tomorrow night to take on the Gulls, that's the Anaheim Ducks affiliate. Edmonton Oil, Oil Kings rather return to action tonight at Rogers Place 7 p.m. puck drop against the Red Deer Rebels trying to end that seven game losing skid and finally the U of A Golden Bears have a home and home series with the Mount Royal Cougars that starts on the road tonight returns to the Claire Drake tomorrow at 7 p.m. All right 12.58 in Edmonton we'll head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell when we come back to set up our number two we'll have Chris Mason he's a former NHL goaltender and he's the Preds television analyst this is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.